Are we going? Okay, our lesson comes out of John chapter 14, verses 22 through 29. John, I think I sent somebody 23, but I'm going to go ahead. Jesus is answering a question here. As you turn there in your Bibles, I don't know if this headset thing's going to work right or not. Uh, we're going along, somewhere along the line, it's messing up. Uh, this week I had a very unique opportunity. It must have been Tuesday. Uh, we got this guy, Leon Johnson, that comes to Alapahaw United Methodist Church. Uh, he's African American. He lives in Lakeland, but his grandmother that raised him lives in Osella. His grandmother died unexpectedly, Ruby. She dies. And so the funeral's on Tuesday. Well, number one, we go to David Powell, Gail Powell, and myself. We figure we, I want to go. He's a pretty good church member over our place. I want to go and support him. So we go. Number one, I've learned one thing. Of many things. GPS was made by a man, by the way, just up front. Because it still does not always give you the right directions. We had to go to there and make a right. And you really need to be a left. So so we get to the church. We get to the church on time. It is a harvest prophecy apocalyptic ministry. Don't ask. The guy had a real long first title before his name. The pastor there did. And so we get in there. We are the only three white people walking into the church. It's already started. And there's no power. There's no power. And so we're doing the families. And the church is packed. And it's hot. And I'm thinking to myself, I know this is wrong. I probably should turn the recorder off. Is this a prelude to what's to come or something? You know, I mean, it is hot. So we're the only three there. And so this pastor, you just have to, I've been to black funerals before. And I've been to, uh, I preached at black churches before. When I was at Morvin, I did the AME church for a while to help out that pastor. It's a different setup. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just different than the way the... The, the whites do it. But the guy made two points. His pastor there, he was from uh, Haiti, so he was very hard to understand. But he made two points uh, that I'm I bringing with us today. It goes with our scripture. He said, number one, if I, if I am to call myself a Christian, if I am to call myself a Christian, I must love all of humanity. I must love all of humanity. Number two, why do we so easily let the devil steal our identity? And I just thought, I'm sitting there in a suit and tie, and I was one of the few people in a suit and tie. I guess I didn't know any better. I mean, I'm just pouring down sweat. And I thought, man, that going to fit with Sunday service. So I cut off the old introduction. Here's the new introduction. Because listen to this story, and we will cover, those will be the two main points of this service. Uh, Judas, not Ariscott, uh, not the bad guy, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. i got to get rid of this. Cutting it out is going to drive me batty. Somebody can't hear me, let me know. 
Uh, so I'll go along there. What is Jesus saying here real quick? Judas is asking him, how will the world, how will you be manifested in us? And the world will see you through us. There's only one way that that can happen is love. That's what separates us from the rest of the world. When I say us, I mean the church. What separates us from the church from the church from the rest of the world is the way in which we are supposed to take care of one another. We're supposed to take care of one another. When you study first century uh, church from Jesus' time on up to about the 100 AD, uh, you know the, the culture was still there up to 70 AD, the temple was still there. And people were coming, as people were coming to Christ, as they were coming to Christ, and they would be invited to these love feasts, they call them. You hear about the love feasts. They come to these love feasts. Uh, the, the, the secular world made them something perverted. When they got there, what they found was rich, poor, multicultural area, because you know, Corinthians, uh, Jerusalem, and all, the, uh, all the, that whole area was a big trade route. It was multicultural, so people from all over the known world, and they were there, the rich... We're serving the poor. All of a sudden, when you were on the outside, didn't matter when you come to home church. Everybody was equal. Everybody was equal. And so with that, there's no economic differences. There's no color differences. There's no other differences, but this right here is that we are all come to Christ on the even playing ground. Christ is not a respecter of any person. So that took me a long time to figure out what he meant by that, what the Bible verse means for that. And what it means is that God does not look at you or me or somebody else differently than he looks at somebody else. He loves us all the same. He does not love Liz more than he loves Larry, or Larry more than Liz, or Bonnie or, or uh, Joe or Harold or anybody else. He loves us all the same. He loves us all the same. And his love is manifested to us through his son who died on the cross. So the son who dies on the cross for us is the example that we are set on how to love one another. And so the question here is, the question here is, what mask do you wear? What do people see when they see you? There is no dividing line. There is no neutral ground. You may say, or the world may say, I don't believe, I got that the other day with a guy. Uh, uh, you, may believe, you may not say, well, I don't believe in God, Christ, or anything, and, and so I know when I die, that's just it. You know, they're going to put me in the ground, and it's all over. What you believe and what's the truth is two different things. And so, just because you believe it doesn't always mean it's true. And so there's no dividing line. Either you are wearing Christ, Christ is seen on you and through you by the way you live your life, or you're wearing the devil. There's no middle ground. Well, today I'm just going to be neutral and I'm not going to really do anything for God, but I'm not going to do anything for the devil either. No, when you're not building the kingdom, you're building the kingdom of the devil. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. It's either you're for Christ or you're for the devil. 
Every, why does that matter? That was last week's sermon. Why does that matter how we live? Why does it matter how we treat one another? Why does it matter how we, we talk to each other? I remember Tommy. Tommy's in the hospital. This is a while back. Tommy's in the hospital. Tommy, Harold and I were talking about Tommy. Tommy's truly, there's two different Tommy's. There's a Tommy that I met five, six years ago. when I, he, started, he started showing up around Harold's place the same time that I did. And he was kind of a unique individual. There's a Tommy that started coming to church. There's a Tommy that was baptized here. There was, there's two different Tommies. I have seen that man grow in Christ. I am rest assured by the word of God that Tommy is in heaven. Was he a perfect man? By, by no means, but he tried. I remember we're in the hospital one time, and he calls on the phone. It's about his tractor. Lord, help me in this tractor. <laughs> it, he's, the guy says, well, Tommy, the tractor's not going to be ready. Tommy's yelling at the guy on the phone. You know who Tommy is. He's not getting out of the hospital for the next two days. The tractor's supposed to be ready that day. And, to, and Tommy hangs up the phone. I said, Tommy, what good was that? You're not going to be out of the hospital the next two or three days. Why are you yelling at Why does it matter? And you say, because they were talking about church or something beforehand. Because you said, well, my preacher's here. Da, 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 da. And I said, you just ruined your witness by talking to that person ugly. Well, what do I do? Call him right now and apologize. And he did. Tommy called God, hey, I'm going to be in the hospital. I'm sorry for the way I talked to you. I seen the man change. Praise the Lord. I seen the man change in his life. And, and that's good. Because in Philippians, it tells us, Philippians, it tells us that we're to work out our salvation. How often? Daily. We're to work out our salvation daily. That means we need to grow. We're, uh, Paul tells us in Romans 12, 2, is that we are to renew our mind daily. Uh, in Matthew, it tells us we've we got to keep on striving, striving daily. In Matthew chapter uh, I've left my Bible verse for Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus says, you must pick up your cross and follow me daily. Daily you must choose God or you must choose the devil. And it's not daily, it's momently. Second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, you must choose to follow Christ. Because how quickly do we lose our identity? How quickly are we driving down the road I used to be the worst road rage person around. Let's just cut to the chase on this one. I used to be the worst, worst road rage person. You cut me off. You tailgated me. You did something. Oh, man. I normally used to, and I, I can relate to Tommy. I normally had a vehicle, especially before I was married, that had a bigger engine in it than it needed. I could catch you. I, I could stop it. I could do whatever. And I don't know how many times that I had professed Jesus. I don't remember how many. I got a couple funny Sunday stories. One moment I'm in church, I'm praising God, singing Amazing Grace, or I have a friend in Jesus. The next minute I'm trying to run somebody off the highway, showing my IQ out the window, honking the horn, and blaring it as you're going down the road. I traded my identity of Christ that I was wearing in the church for my identity as the devil driving down the highway. How many times has somebody said something to you, just hit you wrong, and your mouth starts speaking before your brain? Man, I am the most guilty person of that one right there. Tammy was here, she'd be a big amen. I am guilty for that. 
I continue to trade my identity as a Christian for the identity of the devil. Because the way I sometimes act, talk to other people. I act and talk to other people. How many times we do that in the church? How many times we do that in the church? Uh, the world will sit there and say, the world sits there and says, the church is a hypocrite. We all heard that, right? Oh, I don't want to go to the church the hypocrite. What do they usually mean by that? Because what they see, what the world is really seeing, and it's really prevalent today, and we all know these people. Sometimes we are these people. So we're not pointing our fingers at anybody else. I'm darn sure not pointing my fingers at anybody here because I just point my fingers at myself. Because sometimes when they see the church, we're the only church they see, we're the only Christ they see, they do not see Jesus at all. They have a misconception or they have a conception about the church and how the church should be love. Love one another. Love one another. Going along there. Uh, Luke chapter 6 verse 31 Jesus says Jesus says oh the world opinion there's where I was going with this world opinion you know I, I was in this discussion I was at the Harley Davidson dealer I know that's hard to believe with me I'm at the Harley Davidson dealer and this guy I got a Christian vest on and this guy sits there and somehow the subject of abortion come up and so that but I just kind of steered clear just steered clear of that conversation and this other guy had he was from another Christian motorcycle group he says, well, let me tell you just how I am. I treat others. You treat me good, I'll treat you good. I don't care if you're white, black, gray, green, yellow, purple. If you treat me good, I'll treat you good. You treat me bad, I'm going to treat you bad. And I says, really? Is that what the Bible says? What does the Bible say? He didn't know I was a preacher. Well, let me just sit there and bring up a couple things. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, do not repay evil for evil, but repay good for all evil. Uh, Luke, the golden rule, Luke chapter 6, verse 31, that's the one I quoted him, by the way. Do not do unto others, do to others as you would have them do to you. Nowhere in that statement does it say, Treat somebody the way in which they treated you. No, if they treat you bad, you still treat them the way in which you wish to be treated. Man, Christianity just got hard. It's easy to say, I love Jesus. It's easy to say, confess Jesus, Lord and Savior, until you have to live it in your life. You have to live it in your life. You have to constantly live it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is not a marriage verse, but it is a verse for the church, a chapter for the church. Let me read that real quick. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, I have and but not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. How, when was the last time you were patient with somebody in the church or the, your family? Love is kind. 
It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. There's mine right there, by the way. It keeps no record of wrongs. Tater, next time mom or grandma sit there and say, that's the fifth time I told you to clean your room or this, that, just say, mom, love keeps no record of wrongs. I'll write it down for you. <laughs> you may need that verse later on. Uh, it doesn't help with marriage either, by the way. <laughs> I can tell you that. It does love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It is always it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But the, uh, out of all these three that remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. In prison, when I was in prison one time, uh, in Kairos, I got a call. You just have to understand, when they put you in Kairos, they stick you in a gym way in the very back. I got a call. Uh, so a church member was dying. I was at Morvin at the time. The person was in South Georgia Hospital. And that person wanted me to come and pray with him. So I'm in prison, in the very back of prison, and a guard comes and says, uh, Reverend Hauser, there's an emergency phone call for you at the front office, and you need to get to the front office. I don't know if there's been a rat, I don't know what it is. So I have to, he crops me all the way to the front office and get on the phone, hey, can you come and pray with mom? She's dying. Sure, I'm only an hour and a half away, keep her alive for the next hour and a half. But I got a trek all the way back. I get out, and the sun's starting to set. It's in the fall, so it's getting dark earlier. The sun's starting to set. And there's a song that we sing. We sing an acapella. If I knew we weren't going to have a piano player, I thought of it, I would have brought it with me. They will know we are Christians by our love. There's 60 men in a gym singing acapella at full volume. I'm on the other side of the prison. This is Pelham Prison. I'm on the other side of campus. The whole prison stops and looks towards that gym. There's all you can hear echoing, echoing. They know we are Christians by our love. So let me ask you this question to you today. Does the world know that you're a Christian because of your love? Let me get two Bible verses before I do the next thing. Oh, Romans. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love fulfills the law. Love fulfills the law. Love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, and so as we get ready for communion, how has God dealt with you? Think about this all of a sudden. If we're to manifest Christ into this world, and we're to be Christ into the world, we're to emulate what Christ is in us, what has Christ done for you? Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, While we were still in our sins, Christ died for us. First Corinthians, I have to quote the Bible verse to you in a minute. It's not 13, I think it's 14. Paul says, examine yourself. 
Because of your sins, because you continue to waller, this is literally paraphrasing for you, because you continue to waller in your sins, and the major sin is you do not love others, is why the church is weak and sick. Why don't we see healing? Why don't we see of the church as powerful as it was back in the Apostle Paul, back in the Apostle Peter? We can run all the way to Revelations chapter 2, verse 4. I think chapter 2, verse 4. It says you've lost your first love. Some things, well, but we forgot to love Christ. No, we love Christ by loving one another. What Christ is telling the church of Ephesus is that you lost your first love, the love for people and humanity. Christ died for us for the forgiveness of sins. He poured out his blood While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you and me to get our life together. People will never come to Christ if we wait for them to get their life together before we witness to them. It is through witnessing to the sinner and showing the love of Christ to them that they will know about the love of Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to bless this bread to be your body. Lord, we ask that you bless this juice to be your blood. To remind us the amount of love you have poured out upon us here today. And Lord, we just ask you that we, uh, is that love is poured upon us today, Lord. Lord, that we pour that love. That we're filled up through communion. We pour that love on the other. That we go deal with a funeral this weekend, Lord, that we pour the love on that family. That we deal with people who've had a heart attack or sickness or, or dealing with a sick child, Lord, that they would feel the love we have for them. The stranger walking down the street, Lord, that you love so dearly, let us love them too. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who am I gluten free? Is just you? Okay, if I get uh, Harold up here real quick, just for a short crowd. Well, examine yourselves. We're going we're gonna to serve Miss Odell and Mr. Autry first, then we'll do the church. Harold, this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Jesus poured out for you. Christ invites to the table all who love him. You've got to love humanity to come to the table. 
invites to the table all who were earnest and repent of your sin, their sins. He invites to the table all who wish to live in peace with one another. And if you fit those three categories, we invite you to dine with Christ right now. Come forward. Thank you. 